0: Welcome Abundant Life family to our Her Story Women's Conference and Podcast Born, We can't get over how special that weekend was and how awesome our speakers were. Now let's dive into this powerful session from our one-of-a-kind panel of women.
1: Because I believe that there are just amazing wonders that God wants to do in your life. And I believe that our story is definitely not through, but God sees all, he knows all, and it's gonna be wonderful. It may not have always been wonderful, but it will be wonderful. I just found this awesome little thing I wanna read to you. It says, God's wonders are supernatural acts beyond human understanding. Can we just add that to my story? God's acts are supernatural beyond my understanding. Through extraordinary signs, the God of wonders demonstrates his limitless power, his inescapable presence, his divine protection, his sovereign purpose. In each instance, God's wondrous works are designed to draw people to himself. Through his most stunning and all miracles, the God of wonders reveals himself in Jesus Christ, who overcame the power of sin, death, and redeemed his people, redeemed us women for all eternity. So we're meant to have a wonderful, miraculous story because it starts and ends with his redemption. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speed through three stories really quick because um, the time's up or it will be in a minute. I, I just reminded them, too slow. All right. So during COVID, you guys remember that? It's like so over. That was so 2021, COVID's over. <sighs> but during that time, remember when everything was shut down? And then all of a sudden, like they would only open like a Starbucks, like a random place like that. But you couldn't go in. Like no places let you go in anywhere. It was like nuts, right? So. My son would still be dancing illegally in Miami. Like, you weren't supposed to really have dance studios open. But they were like, Michael's good, so bring him and he can, like, do Zooms and, like, show other kids what to do. And where I would drive on a daily, twice a day, would be almost to, like, Homestead. Like, it's a trek, like, far. <laughs> like, like, I don't even know if Jesus knows where Homestead is. Like, it's so far. So it was like a Kendall like like two exits from like Homestead. Okay. So it's true. It's so far. So what I would do is this. I would brace myself cuz I hate to drive. And I'd be driving alone except for my kid that I drop off. And I would literally I get like the like like overwhelmed like a little bit of anxiety and I know we should like have peace, but like I'm a normal human like driving in Miami traffic, like hello. Like And I would have all these scenarios, like, run through my head. Like, if I get into an accident or something were to happen, like, there's so much construction happening and just so many things and, like, nobody will understand me. I'm just being real. Like, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I would drive down there and what I would do is I would get a drink. A Starbucks coffee. And if you don't like Starbucks, don't judge. You can continue to drink your Dunkin'. But... I like Starbucks because it's a little bit harder. It's a little bit like, it'll, it'll catch you, put a little hair on your neck, you know, like So, and sometimes, you know, you need to stay alert when you're driving in Miami traffic and there's construction because there was so much construction. And so I was driving, but then I'd always feel bad about the big coffee I would drink. And I would think about like how healthy everyone else in my life is. And like my sister-in-law would never drink this big a coffee. But then I thought, if I got a big water, it counteracts the coffee, right? Like, it's, it's one for one, like, right? Does anybody else ever justify something? Like, I'll have an extra large, and then I'll have a Diet Coke. <laughs> Real life. So I'd be driving to Miami, and on the way to Miami, I would finish a drink. So it'd be like an hour, hour and 15 minutes, drop my son off. And then I'd have to come back, and I'd be alone in the car, and I'd be drinking my water. And there was this particular day where I don't know what happened, but real life, I, I was like, I'm 38 years old, I have had children. Does anybody know when you have children, some things don't function the way that they've always functioned? So I'm like, I have to pee. (laughs) What am I gonna do, right? So I'm freaking out, because I'm like, there is nothing open. I didn't really wear masks, so I didn't have a mask in the car. So even if there was something open, they're not gonna let me in, because that thing was happening in in the world. So I am like, I'm dying. Like, what do I do, right? Like, do you ever have a panic moment of, like, in life, just pause, what do I do? Normally, our response, when we're hit with, like, a trauma or something, this was traumatic, so I'm going to relate it to a trauma, we have two ways we go, fight or flight. So normally, so, P.S., I was sitting there trying to fight the fact that I had one child one way, and then I had twins, and I had them two ways, and my body is giving out, and the amount of liquid I had was equal to these two things. <laughs> you're gonna wanna know the end of this story. So, I would say my, my instance, and you guys can decide for yourselves, like normally fight or flight. So fight is like when you're presented with something you are not going to go anywhere you will fight your way out of it that's my instinct my whole life like when my parents used to put me in time out i would be like that's fine i'll just recite tv shows i've learned i dare you to punish me go like i was always like i always thought i was going to be a lawyer cuz i'm good at fighting like i will never lose but then as i got older real life fights happen fighting depression fighting divorce, fighting loneliness, fighting anxiety, fighting lost purpose. So we can all probably realize that there's times that we've just fought, 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 Like, who am I? I'm in this alone, and I gotta pee. (sighs) And then there's the flight. Because I'll tell you this, even if you're the toughest fighter in the world and the most stubborn, Sometimes you get tired, and you take the flight. And I'll tell you, I've done that. I have a lot of frequent flyer miles. When things get a little bit you book it, right? Is that any person in this place? I'm telling you guys about how I need to pee, and you're like, I don't know. I'm just a good Christian, and I'm blessed. I never, I never, I don't know what she's talking about. I have a bladder of steel and I trust the Lord. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. That is not true. For every mom in this house, you know what I'm talking about. And for all the future moms, you better prepare yourself. Because there is nothing you can do. So fight or flight, right? So what, what is my decision? What do I do? Over. What am I, where am I going to go to the bathroom? So ladies, I can tell you I pulled over off of, I couldn't go three more exits. It just wasn't going to happen. I was so close and sometimes we feel like we're so close to our purpose, but we feel helpless. I remember there was a time that I felt helpless and I was standing in Macy's trying to buy people Christmas presents and I was there with my husband at the time and there was just so much anxiety that I went into the um, dressing room and I was bawling my eyes out and out of nowhere came this woman and she spoke life into me. I tell you that because your story is powerful wherever you work, wherever you are, and because it's real life. That God can show up anywhere, anything, and I even said, "God, if you can use a donkey, you can use me." True. So I pull over to the side of the road, so close to my destination, thinking it's it's, 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 all—it's—it's—it's—it's over. I'm gonna pee all over this car. And it, was in a, and it was in a gas station, so I pretended like I was getting gas. And I went to this side, and I was like, Where, what am I gonna do? Like, What if somebody sees me? Is like a cop gonna see me in decent exposure? Like, what, what do I do? So I like, I don't even know if I can fit. I don't even know, so I like, you guys wanna know? Like, I climbed up, like, on my seat. And then I was like, I'm kind of a little chunky, so I can't really even fit. And everyone's gonna see my bare butt in the air. And then I thought, oh my gosh, I have heated seats because what if I get it on the seat and then it that comes back? So, I'm just like, we're gonna go for it. And I was literally shaking because it hurts so bad. Have you guys ever felt the shakes? So, I fill my Starbucks cup But it was funny, because Michael even asked me today, he said, Mom, when you have to go to the bathroom, can girls just stop it like guys do? No, son, they can't. (laughs) Thank God for the second Starbucks cup. So there I was. And I was like, oh, I don't have anything to wipe myself with. Church craft, leftovers. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) My kid's craft didn't make it all the way home that day. (sighs) And why do I tell you this crazy story? You're probably like, what does this have to do with Jesus? I thought I was coming to a very spiritual conference where everybody is anointed This is the reality, fight or flight. There's actually a third option, and that's surrender. Because when I surrendered to something that was uncomfortable, unconventional, out of the way, not where I thought was the right place, I felt better. I felt peace. I felt relief. <laughs> I felt happy. And I thought I'm never going to go to Starbucks for a really long time. <laughs> and so as I read that scripture over you ladies earlier about no I had the scene, but it is already written. Our story in some ways is absolutely not about us. It's personal. But it's a story of surrender. Because when we surrender our story, our life changes, our point of view changes, our joy changes, our health changes. My kidney stones were failing me. But what happens is when you say, God, take the pen. You're the better author than me. And it's only by my spirit that I'll even know maybe what you have hinted to because I'll tell you my frustration my whole life is trying to figure out what's next and some of you might be sitting there going oh my goodness like this is all great but what's next and I'm going to tell you surrender because in a surrendered story you're going to really know Jesus In a surrendered story, you're really gonna know happiness. I've forgotten along the way, different times to surrender, I'll be honest. I've lived time and time again in a place of, God, I'm angry with you, what's next for me? Like sometimes I feel like I'm the kid in the toddler class that I'm watching downstairs, like, what about me? Anybody ever feel that way? Or pick me, pick me, I'm cool. I want to be the leader for the day, Miss Heather. And sometimes I'm like, God, pick me today. Is it going to be my day? And I'll tell you, that's frustrating. Like the kids, if I don't pick them, they leave crying. And sometimes us as women have left crying. God, you gave her word, but not me. God, you promoted her, but not me. God, you're blessing them, but not me. And then what do we do? How do we live in that place? But when we surrender our story, I'll tell you this. My most recent surrender was even a few days ago. And the joy of, in that moment, when I said, God, I'm done. I can't fight, I can't flight. I have to just give it to you. God sent someone with a word. And it wasn't from the pulpit. He sent one of you. And then I was like, okay, I trust the Lord. Because I'll tell you this, when we're fighting and fighting, that's of our own might. But it's not by our might or our power, but it's by the Spirit. So, what kind of story do we want? I can only produce so many things with my own might and my own strength, but do we want His story? And I'll tell you, miracles, every day I've had conversations with God, we're literally. I will say something out loud to God and minutes later he answers. And in that he's involved non-Christians in my miracles. Where I'm like, "You know what?" Da-da-da-da-da. and they're like, "Holy cow, how did this just happen?" I'm like, "Well, that's the God I serve." You want to know him and they're like, "How do you talk to God like that?" And I'm like, "I just do." Surrender your story. So, that's my encouragement to you. It's not super deep and personal. You'll always remember me as the peeing in the cup lady. <laughs> but always remember, i hopefully it'll stick with you, have a surrendered story in your Starbucks cup. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, the thought was we were going to have a panel of women And then a bunch of us girls got together and we said, we don't want it to be a panel. We want it to be us hanging out with our girlfriends. Because so often we're like in life, like when we go to our job, we're being talked at. The world is talking at us through the TV. We're talking at our kids sometimes. So it's always this talking at, but we thought how awesome would it be if we came together And we just did real life in this moment. And we talked about a couple deep things. And then that way you guys could go out and replicate it all across the city where we're just sharing the goodness of God, sharing maybe some hard things because it's okay to share our story and not be pretty. Your story doesn't have to be finished and perfect. I peed in a cup folks, like it doesn't have to be, it could be a little stinky. It could be a little messy. But it's your story, and Jesus is in it. So don't be afraid to share it. So with that, I'm going to move. Oops, I just spilled on the rug. Oops. Let me be real professional about this. I I think it's cleaned up. Nobody can see it. My son broke our tile the other day and then he put tape over it. And I don't even know how long it's been broken. And he was like, I'm like, when did you break this? And he was like, I don't even remember. I'm like, what made you think to put tape on it? He's like, I didn't want somebody to cut their foot. But you didn't think to tell me the tile was broken. (laughs) All right. I'd like to welcome all my girlfriends from the back to come and sit and have girl talk. So you can come find a seat anywhere. There's no assigned seating, because if you were to go out with your girlfriends, there's not like, all right, you sit here, right? (laughs) Awesome. So here we have, why don't we go around and just tell everybody our names, because it's good to know people's names when you're chatting, right? (laughs) I am Tish. I'm Arlene.
0: (laughs) I'm Sherilyn.
1: And I'm Deborah. And I'm Heather. And so we want to invite you to the conversation. You might want to even shout out something, I don't know. Like we're going to interact. Um, we did have people send in some questions and wait, my phone just went to the cookie order that you guys are getting later. <laughs> Shh, you don't know about <laughs> What's a secret? Oh, I'm sorry. Stay till the end. Okay. So in talking about her story and our story and the big picture story, um, what if you don't know your purpose or if you feel like you've lost your purpose?
2: Anybody, like, I'd like to chime in on that one. Um, hi, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Deborah. Um, I've been here for about maybe three, three years or so. Um, and a little background on me, um, I was brought up in a Christian household, um, Pastor's kids, woo woo. Any pastor kids out there? Woo woo. So, um, not only was I brought up as a pastor's kid, I'm also a Hispanic young woman. Any Spanish mommies out there? Woo woo. Yeah. A Spanish daughter, I know what's coming from <laughs> yes. that. Yes, so if you are Spanish and you are a woman and you are probably like me, the youngest and the only daughter. Uh, you know that you were pretty much clink, clink, You're not going out. Three o'clock, come back in the house. It's getting too dark. It's getting too dark. The sun's like right above us. What are you talking about? So, um, pretty much, you know, when you, I said pastor's kids, I'm sure some of them were probably like, oh, we know where this is going. And guess what? You're absolutely right. I'm not going to stop you there. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to cut it short, um, I actually got pregnant out of wedlock. And. Um, you know, uh, coming into this, ooh, it's coming already. <laughs> it's coming already. So, coming into this, uh, I was just gonna keep it there. You know, I got pregnant out of wedlock and not actually tell the whole story. Um, but last night, I heard Pastor Nicole Crank talking, and, um, and even this morning, Mama Dukes, I call her Mama Dukes. That's Minister Jenya to you guys, but Mama Dukes to me. And, um, you know, there's people out there that need to hear the whole story. And um, so it really touched me and I was moved to, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, you have to tell the whole story. And so not only was I just pregnant out of wedlock, um, before I found out I was pregnant, I was going to my church that I grew up in, in Port St. Lucie where I lived at the time. And the pastor and the children's ministry director came up to me and they said, Deborah, we know you have a calling on your life to ministry and specifically to children's ministry. And they said, we would love for you to take the opportunity to think of this position that we would love for you to take children's ministry director. And, you know, I knew I wasn't living the right life that I was supposed to and that I was called to be at the time. Me and my boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband. Shout out to my husband, Chris. He's putting the stage back and forth. He looks so cute doing it. <laughs> but... um you know, we weren't really living the life that we were called to. And um, when they told me that they wanted me to take that position, I sat there and I was thinking, me? You know, me? Uh, but I'm not, you know, am I worthy? And I know I'm not living the, li- the life that I know I'm supposed to. But you know what? Maybe, maybe it's time. I said, maybe it's time. You know, it's funny that sometimes we put God on our time. Because I sat there and I said, you know what, God, Now's the time I'm going to get right. Now's the time, and later on, I came to find I accepted the job, and you know I was up there doing a Sunday service with the kids, preaching uh, at the, on the pulpit to the to the children, and I came to find out that I was pregnant. And when I tell you when I found out that I was pregnant, <laughs> I became consumed with guilt with shame, not only just on how it looked on me, but at the time my mother was the pastor of the she still is the pastor of the Spanish ministry at that church. And all I could think of is that I don't want anybody to think that my mom raised us the wrong way or just, just to judge my mom. And so it it really hurt me because I knew I was gonna cause hurt to my mom and to my dad who raised us correctly. And, um, but let me tell you something. As I sat there finding out that I was pregnant and I sat there crying, I remember these words that I said. I said that I'm gonna lose everything. I thought that I was gonna lose my calling. I felt like I was gonna lose my purpose. But let me tell you something as I stand here today. I want, to, I want to reaffirm to you guys that the goodness of the God that we serve. Amen. I stand here today to proclaim that I didn't lose, but instead I gained. I regained my relationship with my parents. I regained and reaffirmed my relationship and recommitted to my relationship with Christ. I gained my wonderful husband. I see you over there on that camera. (laughs) I love you. I gained my beautiful baby boy who's been the biggest blessing to me in my life. And I've just gained so much. And I actually texted my mom because she knew I was uh, coming to talk today. And she texted me and she said, you know, she said, today is the day that God reaffirms his calling on his life for you. I'm so sorry, I do not like to cry, but i And let me tell you, for those of you who are out there and you think that you lost your calling and your purpose, no, you did, not. you did not. You're probably going through something, but let me tell you the outcome of it is going to be so beautiful, so beautiful. So share your whole story, your whole story. Don't leave out tidbits because you never know who's going to need to hear the part that you don't want to share. Oh, and it's only question
1: one, and we're crying like
3: this? What is this?
1: (laughs) So I like that she started because we just had a real friend. So many of us glaze over and just tell the good, fun parts of our story. But you just encourage us with the real living God in your real story. Thank you. know everyone get a tissue (laughs) it's that kind of panel um does anybody else want to share about if you feel like you've lost your purpose or
4: I felt lost in my purpose before um but it's because of the struggles we sometimes let the struggles of life and the struggles of even just our purpose and our calling um discourage us from wanting to fulfill our purpose I've been there um and I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, and I thought that I wasn't good enough because of uh, negative because negative comments or just things or just struggles that I went through. Um, but God reminded me that he prepared me. He had already prepared me for the things to come. Um, and when I questioned him, he said, why not you? Yeah. You know, um, even being here do I wanna be or need to be on a panel? He said, why not you? Right. Because this is not who I am, but for his glory. Um, so, and it's the same with all of you because I'm pretty sure someone in here, if it's only one person, there's somebody in here that's struggling with whether or not they're living their pers- purpose or they're lost in their purpose and just say to yourself, why not me?
1: You know. Can we actually say that together? Because I think when, when you put words to it yourself, so let's say, why not me?
4: Why not,
5: why not me?
1: <sighs> How do we not give up on God, marriage, family, kids, church? You don't have to tackle them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, boy.
5: How do we not? For me, (sighs) I can't see myself doing anything but allowing God to do whatever he has to do in my life with all the hurdles, all the hoops that I've been through, all these years that I've been here, the 39 years I've been here and even before I got here, the hurdles I jumped through for my children. I cannot allow anything to stand in my way of allowing God not to just work through me. This is this, right here, this is not me. Mm-hmm. This is not me. I would rather doing something one-on-one but to stand up here and see all these eyes looking at me. <laughs> this is not a comfortable position to be in but to stand here and set the hurdles that I have been through gotten me through every situation even in the past what four years The the heart-wrenching situation I just went through a few years ago which was um, I, I thought I was doing it for my for my children not realizing that I was just getting myself into situation and a little bit of my story um, my my children, um, dad and I, we got divorced way back. We stayed friends forever. Our, our grandchildren grew up with us as pop and nana. And we went everywhere together just as grandparents with no relationship or anything like that. And after all those years, we remarried. And we remarried here. But wait, that's not <laughs> the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. I thought. For me, I thought that was the end of my story because all I wanted to, I stayed single because I wanted my children to be brought up by their dad and nobody else. I'd rather be a single parent with my two daughters than any, and I thought. So with the friendship he and I had over all these years, and our grand, our oldest grandson is 26, 28. 28 years old, we did everything together as a pop and nana. And even as Emery and Ezra got a little bit older, we we did things together. We went away on weekends, but we went as nana and pop. That's all. And because we were so close, we just figured, oh, what the heck, let's, you know, we get married. So we went through this whole thing, the most expensive ring I've ever had on my hand. You know, I mean, a gorgeous diamond ring that I never had originally because we didn't have that much when we first got married. <clears throat> and all that I did because of my children, that even after he decided that this is not for him, he he wants a divorce. And that was just six months after we got married, remarried. And I had to apologize to Jenya and Reese because I did it thinking, yes, my family is going to be together again. Not realizing that I held on to something that was not for me. And God showed it to me so many times. And Bishop said to me, when I met with him, he said, Arlene, this had to happen for you to realize that it wasn't for you. Where you had to sever the strings, cut everything off, and that was the end of it. I could have given up on everything. But the purpose is me sitting here right now and just telling you my story. Yeah. And just that's just a little smidging of it. I love talking to young people, young women, because I can let them know there's certain things they shouldn't do. There's certain things they should look for. And I have a lot of young people, young women in here that still call me mommy after all these years. And that's what I live for.
3: Yes, yes. Awesome. Yes, I, can, you know, I think sometimes um, the question to you, is, like if you were asking is how do we not give up on God? And... When we were talking before, if this is our year of ownership, right? The year we're called to be driven in to own things. And if we own our story, if we own our testimony, and we know what that looks like, that is the place where we go back and say, God, you have never failed me. Yeah. You have never failed me. And I'm going to hold on to the story that you have given, the testimony, the things that I've seen you do in my life. I'm going to hold on to that because it's mine. When you own something, it's yours. No one can take it away from you. No devil in hell can take it away from you. No shame, no whatever things that we all deal with. Can I say this? Like, honestly, we were talking about this. Like, we're all involved with this. But sometimes when we were talking and preparing, we were like, some people some of us think we don't we don't even have a story. There's really nothing on the page. If I'd had to tell you my story, what would it be? You know what I mean? But God has He is the author and He's the finisher of our story. As Min Jen had mentioned, he's the editor, he's the chief editor of our story. Mm. And thank God that he has rewritten the pages of a lot of our lives. Like we were still talking to Min Jen when we met, like how we can get stuck on a page right, and we're stuck there, and we read the page over and over and over again, and we never seem to get to the next chapter or to the next page because we just can't get out of there. But like today, (laughs) we've gotten out of there. God has been lifting some stuff, right? So God doesn't disappoint us, you know. We have to know and own our story. Own it. Let it be yours. Don't let anyone steal it from you because it's yours, he's done it for you so we have to hold on to that right right
1: the <laughs> I love that it said how do you not give up and I'll just say sometimes we do like I wanted, to, I just thought about that as you were talking I was thinking some of us have given up but the truth that God has revealed himself in my life is that when I am not faithful he is faithful and when you go back to the place of like, I've given up, he is still there. And he's like, I got you. So some of you, like, sometimes with my kids, I give up. I love them, but some of you might feel that way about your husband. <laughs> <I give up. laughs> Don't lie. I know some of your lives. <laughs> Some of you with church, Mm -hmm. maybe friends. But when you turn things over to God, Mm -hmm. He is faithful to kind of navigate those things because His ways are better than our ways. Can I add something? Yeah.
2: Um, I know a good way of not to give up is to just surround yourself with. Like-minded people, you know, people that are going to lift you up, hold your arms up, just how you said. And I want to tell you, I love my mama Duke so much because she lifted me up so much during what I was going through. And, um, you know, I wanted to hide. And I believe one of the questions says, how do we, you know, not hide, try to not hide. And I did. When I first found out, and I knew I had to come here because I was coming, I was one week over there in Port St. Lucie at that church. And then one week over here coming down here to uh, be in the service. And the first week that I knew I had to come and we had to talk to, you know, Mama Dukes and Pops. And you know where I went? I went straight up these little stairs over here. Went through this side door right here. Straight up the elevator and into the balcony all the way to the front where you can't really see because I'm short. <laughs> so, and it's funny because um, I remember I see you're looking at me. You pointed me out and you said, are you coming down here? I said, absolutely not. I will stay right here. I'm very happy and comfortable here. (laughs) But the funny thing about God is that he wants us to be uncomfortable because that's where he works best. So, and I'm up there and worship is going on. And, you know, I was, I wasn't feeling worship at that point. You know, I I felt like I gave up. I gave up on church. and I was like, well, I'm obviously not worthy. So I'm just going to sit there or stand there and not do anything. And sure enough, uh, Pastor Reese pops, that's pops to me, Pastor Reese to you guys. And <laughs> he comes and I feel a big, giant hug. And I don't know if he knows, but I was pouring my eyes. I was just crying. I was like, oh, my goodness, no. And he tells me and he says, he says, I will let you have this Sunday. But the following Sundays, you are not allowed up here. And I needed that kick in the butt to say, you know what, have your moment." Have your
3: moment. Absolutely. Ladies, have your moment. Let it out. Let it out. Yeah, because guilt will keep you yes. stuck on that page. Yes. Guilt will keep you there. And there is a place for you at the table. There, You know what? There are no big eyes and little you's and all that. I mean, we're all the same. We all put our pants on the same. <laughs> we all have stuff that we've dealt with in our life. It really do. Yeah. You know? We shared in the back that, you know, perspective is so much stronger than reality in life. You cannot judge a book by its cover. You know, Pastor Kathy shared the back that, you know, when she was coming up and, you know, she was very gifted in a certain area of her life and so confident in that area. But in another area, people thought she was so stuck up because she was so shy. And she wasn't a people person at that time. But she had to get out of her comfort zone. And we're all getting out of our comfort zone. We're all moving from the back to the front. Because God is moving us from an, this page to another page. Because we're not going to stay stuck there anymore. Yeah. No. No more, girls. It's done. Right?
4: No more hiding.
3: No more hiding.
4: Yeah. she. I'm piggybacking on um, what she said about changing the surroundings. I know I've had to change surroundings, change boundaries with things that I've done. Um, I remember also... Um, Minister Annette sending me a message, and she asked me what was one word that described my relationship with Jesus. And I thought about it um, for a couple of days because there were so many words that came to mind. But the one word that kept coming back over and over was kept. Mm -hmm. Was kept. And I sent her a song, and, and on the song there was a picture of... Jesus carrying the woman, the footprints, and and I just thought about it. Through it all, he's kept me. Yes. Every single day that I wake up, that you wake up with breath in your body, we've conquered all that has yes. happened yes. before. Yes. Yes. He kept me during my 16, being pregnant at 16 years old. He kept me through abuse. He've kept, he's kept me through so many of life's challenges, my story goes on and on and on and on. He's kept me through it all, through losing my sisters and taking on children um, that I did not birth, um, and having a wonderful husband that just took all of that with me. Um, He's kept me through it all, and he's keeping you too. How does it feel to be a kept woman? I love
1: that. No, I'm like, I want to I, I wanna adopt that. We have to change our mindset that he wants to keep us. Ooh, I like that. All right, so the next one's kind of a funky one. And I'm going to let Minister Annette elaborate a little bit, and then anybody can just chime in and... It says, what happens when God moves your props and you're in a season of
3: transition and change? How do you not lose your identity? Okay, so I feel like all of us in here are at different age groups and different seasons of life. And I think all of us have experienced transitional moments in our lives, right? Yes, Everybody? Okay, so, and that can go on for, like, a really long season of time. And sometimes when you're wrapped up in something, whether it's your job or it's a marriage and then something happens where the marriage has failed or you're moving from one job to another or you have a situation, but you've been so wrapped up with that that your identity is almost part of what you are doing. It's, like, part of your fabric, so to speak. And sometimes when that is gone... You just don't even know who you are anymore. You're just like, okay, well, this is what I've been doing for all this time. This is what I know. But now something has changed. A prop has been moved. How do I navigate through this season? Because it's hard. And it's painful. It can be really painful. I'm sure you all have had experiences, you know, even with a marriage that's been lost or um, a child even that you've lost lost or, or a broken relationship, whatever that looks like in your life, it's, it's been very, very painful. And so how do you go transition from one thing to the next thing? I mean, I think of so many pe- women that I know this year that have lost their husbands, and I think, God, this is hard. Like, how do we do this, you know? And like you were saying, too, we have to surround ourselves with the help that God provides for us. Um, but there was something about, I read a devotional I shared with Mr. Heather about props. And it said when God moves your props, it's like having a tree. And you, you shared on this how we have to stay firmly rooted in the things of God. If you have a tree, a newly planted tree in fresh soil, they're going to put up these sticks, right, to hold up the tree and it's going to prop hold up the tree, like, for props to hold it there so it stays stable, so it doesn't get moved by every wind that comes its way, right? So, but there's a season of time, and I believe God is really calling all of us to go deeper so that what we can do is grow in our faith. Like, I don't want to just be drinking milk my whole life. I want to, like, eat some meat, you know? Like, I it's, yeah, yeah. There's a point in time, girls, that we're going to have to graduate. You can't just stay at this one place. We're going to want to have more of God so that when the prop is removed, when that stick is moved out of the way, that thing that's been holding us up for so long, when it's removed, we're going to be standing firm because we're planted in the Word of God. And He will use people, He'll use sisters, He'll use friends to be those props that we, we need on earth to hold us up. And God himself will hold us up because we're firmly rooted in, his, in the soil of his word and in his presence. But um, if you're in a season where you feel like you're in transition, I myself, I have found myself in that season in a couple of areas between business and even ministry in my life over the last three years. And I've asked God, I go back to God. Don't be looking outside for other people necessarily to give you answers. Go to the main source. He will tell you what you need to do. If you'll take the time to ask him and show you. He'll he'll bring the people that he wants to speak into your life. And you will know that you know that you know. But during that time, all I would encourage you, and what i've been doing and asking god is just help me to stay firm in your in your word let me hear what you want me to do next you know what is the next page what is you know when is the right time for exit of a business or when is the right time for this or that god knows the time and the season and he is penning. You know, he is rewriting and doing a lot of the writing in our story. So I want his hand. I want his signature on everything that we're doing, right? So that, that's, that's my thought on that.
0: Um, it was so good. <laughs> I'm like, how do I not re the same things? <laughs> um, I think in that, so we practice panel a little bit, right? And I kind of shared a part of mine. So kind of piggyback off of what Minister Net was saying. For me, I had to face a season of moving out of position when um, I went on maternity leave. And when I came back, I was no longer serving in the same area. And I'll be so honest and transparent, I had put so much of my identity in that thing because it was what I knew, it was what was comfortable, and it was, hey, I loved it. I was like, okay, this is awesome. This is what it's going to be and That's amazing. And when I came back and I no longer was in that thing, it was very hard for me. I'll be super honest. It was, what do I do next? Like, I thought that was the thing that God called me to do, but it's not the thing. And what do I do now? And in all of that, it's the... The next chapter, that waiting zone is the prepping ground for God to do what he needs to do. And I'll be even more transparent. I, I have not arrived to the next thing that God has intended, but it's he's teaching me in the process of it all. So understanding and knowing that sometimes no are from God in the sense of I'm a redirecting you to do something better than what you wanted. You wanted this thing, but I'm preparing you for something greater because you only see with a natural eye. But in the supernatural, I'm preparing greater things. And in the waiting, when it feels like it's awkward, or I don't know what to do, or I don't know where to say, or I don't know where to serve, or I I don't know, when you just let go and you just let God, then he meets you. It goes back to what Pastor Heather was saying in the surrender. There isn't, you don't have to fight or you don't have to fight. You could just surrender and God will give you the direction you need.
3: Yeah, and I, um, I remember we we were doing um, life group here and I remember Dennis Jordan giving a testimony and he shared something and really I haven't forgotten about it because he said, you know, he said at one point I had prepared myself for all this, um, you know, is was going to take this really amazing job that it was going to be offered to me on the west coast of Florida. And he said, I was so excited about it. This was going to be my purpose. You know, I was, like, stepping into what I thought I had been prepared for. And he went over there thinking he had this job, and then the job fell through. And do you know that at that point, he ended up going up to Kansas City, and he ended up joining with a group of people. And had he not done that, he ended up selling, I mean, getting into business with a group of people um, with medical supply things and ended up having a huge business and selling it for millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I'll never forget, he said, had I not, had that period not happened there, I would have never gotten to that other place. And sometimes we find ourselves, we think we're at the period, like everything has stopped, like no more, there's nothing more to my future, I don't have a vision for anything else But that is not true. God has so much more to our story. So we just have to stay focused and wait on him. Trust him in the process because God is so faithful. We've seen him do it time and again, so trust him in it. But you know something, we have to be doing something
5: in the interim, okay? Because um, if it wasn't for Jenya,
1: I wouldn't be doing anything. Raise your hand if that's you here today, if it wasn't for Jenya. Cause like three people have already told me Jenya told me to do this and I have to do it since I've been here today. <laughs> thank, God peop- thank God for people thank God for people using us. Every time,
5: mom, when are you gonna start working? I already did. I, I did all the ministries from the babies all the way up, women's ministry, that's it. Mom do something. I'm like, there's nothing for me to do. Then Reese joins in. (laughs) Just go, go, just do something, just do something. So just when we opened for the first time after the pandemic, the first Sunday morning, I was one of the greeters. And for six weeks straight, I was a greeter. That's not my, that's not, I can do one-on-one, but to stand there and good morning.
0: <laughs>
5: it's not me, but, I, but just like you have to be doing something in the waiting. You can't just sit. You have to do something in the
4: waiting. That's
1: good. That's good. I wanted you to share. Um, Tish told me the other day about a job thing. And that has stuck with me because sometimes we don't want to let go of the props that God's trying to move. And I was picturing you in your space. So could you just share that story? Because I'm a pro- I like to hold on to things. I'm a hoarder.
4: Okay. So are you talking about me? <laughs> okay. So I've been at my job for almost eight years. Um, the person that I work for is not the nicest person. Um, I usually don't have the issues that a lot of people have because I stand up for myself a little bit more, but it's still very, very trying. Well, I just got a new job. Thank God, God bless me with a new job. Um, But prior to getting the job, back in May, uh, we were told that we needed to move out of our offices. And in order for us to uh, keep our office, we had to commit to coming into the office three days a week. I work four days, I asked if I could come in two days because that's half of my time. And I was told, no, you still have to get your stuff out. I fought it like every day, literally, until the last, even the last day, I fought it. I fought it, I fought it. I wrote the office manager again and I said, listen, I gave her all kinds of excuses, like my office is the gatekeeper for this, whatever, because I just didn't want to give up my office, um, what I thought was my office. And um, she said, no. Meanwhile, nobody moved their stuff. I was the only one. I was the only one who obeyed and moved my stuff. I cleaned my office so clean that my boss walked in and says, are you leaving? And I was like, well, I was told to clean my office, so I cleaned my office. um, Only to figure out, and I actually gave it away already. Months later, here it is, we're in September. Um, I started, he told me that it was time for me to move, and I applied. I asked him for uh, offers, multiple offers. I got multiple offers, but he already knew which one he had for me. Um, But the whole point is I fought and fought and fought, but I had no idea that God was in the background working on what was to come. And if I would have just, you know, held fast. And I'm almost sure, I am almost positive at one point he said, let it go. And I didn't. I didn't. So we can fight it, but if we just listen to him and let him say, just let me work it out, then he'll work it out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love that God's like orchestrating all the things and sometimes guys, we just got to let it go. And and the words of Elsa, let it go, let it go. Trust God.
4: And I had, I had an aha moment because I was talking to a friend and and they said, well, are you going to take time to, um, did you already start cleaning your office? Um, Are you gonna do a little bit at a time? And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, he had me do this in May. He had me do this in May, preparing me for September. That's so good. Yeah,
1: we can clap for that. Oh,
4: there's, (laughs) there's two things in my office. The desk mirror and I have the serenity prayer, which was the one one of the few, one of many prayers that I actually left on the wall. I'm leaving that, because they they need it.
1: (laughs) I love it. Um, I'm gonna skip to five. How do we be more authentic when the majority of people are just being spiritual?
0: I love this question, because I wrote this question. (laughs)
1: I was like, we need to talk about this.
0: Um, part of it, just, I feel like creating that question or putting it out there started in one of our meetings for her story. At the end of the meeting, this beautiful lady right next to me, What we met, we talked all the details we planned for you ladies. And she was just like, hold on, before we go, can I ask one thing? She's like, what walls do we need to scale? And I don't know why, but that day it just shot out me, like word vomit. I was like, we need to scale generational things. Like sometimes the older generation can appear like, oh, we need to have it all together. And we're not gonna show people are ugly because those are house problems. Yeah. We don't talk about the house things outside the house. And as a younger generation, a little bit, there's still a younger generation. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 30s getting, You're getting, you're just, mid, you're, you're getting to mid-generation. I just generation. Hit. it's still a few months in. <laughs>
1: Be kind <laughs> to your elders, I'm way older than you.
0: <laughs> um, as that millennial generation, I often think about it as the middle group, right? The middle group where there's an older generation above us that has very traditional, um, background still and then there's a younger generation below us that they're just like all new and we're that awkward mid-level area Um, and just thinking about how that's hard sometimes to be in that awkward middle place where you, you do you make the choice like the traditional choice do you make the radical choice like which way do you go and it was just it was a thing that poured out and I think as that Gap generation, leading the generation coming after is. It, we talked about Elsa, right? Can I talk about another Disney? Um, Encanto. um One of the lines from the song is, "I'm so, so sick of pretty. I want something true." I was when I heard that because my son loved the movie and has watched it fifty billion times. I was just like, "Man, that resonated in my spirit," because as a as the middle group. I'm so sick of pretty, I want truth. I don't want this portrayal. I don't want a pastoral answer or a churchy answer. I just want truth because I need you to minister to my life and when you just tell me something pretty, then guess what, you're disservicing me. You've limited now what God can do in my life because you'll want to tell me what's nice instead of just telling me, hey, get today, this one day is your last Sunday. Instead of doing that, you just want to be like, oh, it's okay, and it's okay, and it's okay, and this morning as we got ready, I was just like, man, God, where did, where is this in your word? And if you look in um, First Timothy, Paul was talking to Timothy, and he was saying, don't get caught up in the spiritual things, don't get caught up in the mythologies that are happening, because... You're going to disservice the people that you are assigned to. And in the Greek, the part of that verse talks about stewardship of the faith of God. We disservice every life that God has called us to speak into when we are disconnected, when we are unauthentic, when we are not truly who God has called us to be. We disservice The opportunity that God has given us and created for us to touch the lives of the women around us. One of my favorite people that shows that to me here, if she's still walking around, is minister Rochelle. I love having conversations with her because she will be the most natural person to just like tell you her whole life. And it never comes off like, oh my gosh you just feel so at peace and it just makes sense. Where like, sometimes when you're in a position, you're like, do I say my truth or do I not say my truth? And you feel awkward when you just continue to say your truth and continue to say your truth and continue to tell your story and continue to do what God has just put inside of you. It just comes off natural. Your truth becomes his truth because you're seated and rooted in him. So for me, my favorite thing of how do we be authentic in sometimes a churchy world especially when you're born and raised in church is just to be the most authentic version of you ever um, if you read my bio I call myself dorky I am dorky I'm socially awkward sometimes I I don't know I overcompensate with like ah! um but that's who I am and I embrace it it's not everybody's cup of tea and not everybody is called to me and that's okay but you're going to get you're going to get dorky you're going to get disney crazy you're going to get Jesus loving, you're going to get it all, but being you and only who you are, that's the only way you're going to touch the people that God has assigned to you and tell your story.
3: Yeah, you know, I think too, that's so good. Um, I think too, sometimes as an older... (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean it in a bad way. Sorry. I was trying to figure out which category
4: I fell in.
3: (laughs) Twenties. Okay. I'm just saying. Can I just say this so honestly like for a lot of us who have been in church for a lot of years and in ministry in a lot of years we can become so familiar with what our expressions are and how we communicate certain things that like I'll say something to my boys who are younger and they'll be looking like huh? You know like you know we have to like get to a place to know that we are supposed to be living epistles read of all men, and when we go outside of these walls, we're going to take the truth of what God has said to us and living our faith. We have to live our faith outside of these walls, but it can't just be with Christianese or just with certain verbiage that we're so used to hearing because people don't understand that. We have a whole world of people to reach, every single one of us has a community of people around us that God wants us to reflect who he is and share our faith with them. But it doesn't mean that we have to do it in such a spiritual tone, if you know what I'm saying. Um, And I think sometimes as the older generation, we have to really think about what we're saying and ask God, God, well, how do you want me to communicate the truth with this generation? You know, we are never too old or have too much knowledge or wisdom to not always be growing and hearing from God. And presenting our lives to him to say, hey, search my heart, Lord. Show me what I need to turn around. What kind of words do I need to, to exp- what, is my, what should my expressions look like? Or what should I be saying? He'll give you a due word in due season. He says that he will. But let it be authentic. Let it be from him and and remove, like Bishop says, familiarity is not your friend. Let's get rid of the familiarity. Ask God, hey, check my heart. Check my tongue. Our tongue is the pen of a ready writer is what the Bible says. So we have to check our tongue sometimes, how we're going to write it. What's that story really going to look like when we pen it or when we speak it to somebody else?
2: Can I add on? Oh, go go so fast! I
3: promise, girl.
2: I loved how you were saying that um, when we're in church for a long time, sometimes it could get familiar. And um, when I was younger, you know, like I said, a pastor's kid. I feel like I got it both ways. Mom's a pastor, dad's been a missionary, so it's just a double whammy, Pam. (laughs) And so, um, you know, growing up in the church, I I remember I was younger, and I would always hear people coming up and giving amazing testimonies. You know. Uh, testimonies they were in drugs in this and that prostituting, you know just doing crazy things and then coming to know the Lord and completely change their lives and I remember I was maybe what what ten or eleven, and I would sit there and I would listen to these stories and I was like what's what's my testimony I don't have that story to tell. What is my story And let me tell you was I was so wrong because even though I didn't have a story like that, I did have a testimony I did have a story to tell, and that's the story of Jesus Christ. Dying on the cross for you and for me. Shedding his blood. And guess what? He saved us in doing that. So now your job, your story is that story. It's intertwined. So your job is to go tell people about it. Okay? So don't feel like you don't have a story to tell. If you don't have, you know, like me, getting pregnant out of wedlock. Or, you know, just going through something crazy. You don't have to. You have a story. So tell it. Tell it. And tell the whole story.
1: I love that God was not afraid of her story. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes I think we get, like, growing up in church, and it would be, it would be like, how are you today? Blessed. And highly favored. I highly favored of the Lord. And if you were anything other than that, then you weren't trusting in the Lord. We need to pray for her. She looks like she's having a rough day. She hasn't been doing her Bible study. She
4: should do more fasting.
1: Oh, my God.
4: (laughs) That's being spiritually grounded and earthly no good. So
1: this is what I throw out. Like, God was not afraid
4: of your pregnancy.
1: God wasn't afraid of my divorce. God wasn't afraid of yours. God wasn't afraid of the things that you guys all... Like, our whole lives, like, God's not afraid of you. And if we're his hands and his feet, then we can't be afraid of it either. When we're presented in his house or outside of the house with things, it's like, sometimes it's to tell our story and sometimes it's to embrace and maybe even dig a little deeper and find the God and help people with their story.
4: And God is God. He already knows our story, so we can try to fool him, but we can't. It's like, I'm pretty sure all of you at some point have had a a parent say, I know you better than you know yourself. Way better than we know ourselves. He knows every action that we're going to take, every move that we're going to make. He knows us way better. So if you think you're fooling someone, you're definitely not fooling him.
1: Nope. (laughs) Um lastly um because we're running out of time how do we remain firm in the faith when walking through challenges mm. i feel like this is a day-to-day operation oh,
4: yeah. um i had a challenge recently um i was having some health issues and um i had a moment where my heart was racing so fast um I started to panic. I drove myself to the hospital. Um, I couldn't get a hold of anyone uh, until I got to the hospital. And I know my faith, but at the moment, it, while I was in the moment, I was so afraid. I was afraid. I allowed fear to set in, even when I know all I had to do is just call on the name of Jesus. But I didn't do that at that time. And I remember I was on FaceTime, I got to the hospital and I was sitting outside on FaceTime with um, my girls. And I remember telling them to tell me that I was gonna be okay, because I felt like I wanted to hear it. I first tried calling my mom um, and she didn't answer the phone because I wanted her to pray. Um, So I I was so upset with with my oldest daughter because she didn't wanna say it. And I was like, so we talked about it later, and I said, she's like, well, you wanted us to say that you'll be okay. And I was like, well, why wouldn't you say it? Like, when was the last time I called you and said, tell me I'm gonna be okay? (laughs) She's like, never. She's like, you never have. I said, okay, so the one time I call you and say, tell me I'm gonna be okay, I expect you to tell me (laughs) that I'm gonna be, be okay. And she said, so what are you gonna do if this happens again? and you're by yourself and you can't get a hold of anybody at all. It made me think, but she returned me right back to my faith. And I have it has happened not to that degree, but I it she, it made me think and I was prepared the next time to just call on the name of Jesus and every every time it happens, I just know to go to that. Yeah. I love that.
1: That reminds me of a story that some of you guys might've heard. There was a, um, a singer, his name was Danny Gokey. He won American Idol. His wife had died with a heart condition and her favorite show was American Idol. And she always said, you should go on there. And he went on there and he won. And then he was talking to a pastor who went in to watch an open heart surgery and the woman was getting a heart transplant. And when she got the transplant, it wasn't working. And the doctor, he sees the doctor whisper to the patient, and he says, I am the best doctor. I have given you a new heart. I have done everything that I am capable of doing. Now you have to tell your heart to beat again. It's on you. And how powerful is that? That we serve the great physician who has already given us new hearts, and we just have to tell it to beat again. So I throw that out there, like if we're stuck on a chapter, if we're stuck in a place that might be like, God, like where, where, what am I supposed to do? What do you want for me? I'm gonna put it on you and say, tell your heart to beat again. He has already done the greater work. He has given you new and freshness. And the reality is this, like, it's on us to partner with heaven We have to tell ourselves. Maybe we need to do that right now. Can we do that? So just maybe just let's bow our heads for a second. I know you wouldn't do this at a friend lunch, but maybe you would. God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the the breath in our lungs, the beating of our hearts. We thank you, God, that you have restored all things inside of us. That your redemption was complete So there is nothing missing, nothing broken. So God, we just, we give our self, our self-doubt, our anxiety, our fears over to you right now. And we tell our heart to beat again. We thank you, God, that we can trust you. Just thank him. Thank you, God. Because when you give him the glory and the honor, he changes everything. Take a breath, you can release it. I always say this, as long as you have breath, you have a purpose. As long as you have breath, you have a story. Um, I'm going to wrap up with this. I was thinking about this, how a while ago, last time we did a women's conference, I spoke about how I was writing a book, and I wrote a book, but then in the end, the contracts were not what I thought it was. And I literally had like, just piercing, like, like the headache. And I remember I couldn't even drive home. I was out of town. I could not drive home. It literally felt like the weight of the world was on me. And I had to release it. And I said, thank you, but no thank you. But my story still got printed and everything, all the work I did still got printed just without me. And I want to throw this out to you guys because God reminded me recently, he was like, it wasn't for your name to be the author because I am the author and the finisher and I will get the glory for your story. And so I just want to encourage you guys, we're going to take a potty break and a coffee break. Maybe just speak out loud to somebody here today, like something that God has done in you. And start to give God the glory, because that's when the story is really revealed. Tish wants to say something for us. Yeah,
4: there was a couple of things, like in my fasting and praying for this week, there were a couple of things that God wanted me to share. Um, And I lost, give me one second. Sorry, give me two seconds. Um, We often women do it all, We women do it, men do it, we often do as human, sometimes we compare our lives to other people and said, well, if they do it, if you did it for them, well, and, and it's true, if he did it for them, he can do it for us, but we compare like um, material things and just sometimes the wrong things instead of looking at what we have. And this was downloaded to me, just this passage, um, I lost it again. Okay. Comparison is the first step to unhappiness. To me, that caught me. Not that I compare, but it caught me because that was the message that I was listening to. And then there was another thing um, that was downloaded. Um, You can seek out the things and miss God, but if you seek out God, the things will come. Oh, that's good. It's just something to um, remember. And um, one thing that I left with this past Sunday, because we all go through triumphs, we all go through struggles when God is taking us to another level. And um, Pastor Sean said something that I just could not let go. The greater the level, the greater the devil. I've experienced it. And it comes. It's so true. And I remember in class, my um, my husband said things were moving in our lives. My wife just got a new job, and he's like, "I know the things are gonna come. I know the devil is gonna be busy because it's it's just the it's just the way. That's just what he does. I know things are gonna happen, um, and it did. I mean." I dropped my phone in the toilet the very next day, like (laughs) lost all my contacts. So things just keep on happening. And it's not that we are um, accepting those things that the devil is doing, but we know that it's coming. So we're preparing ourselves to laugh in his face when it does come. (laughs) (laughs) Love it, I love it.
0: Wow, hearing this again just reignited something in me and I hope it's done the same for you. If you want to get even more connected with us, you can visit us at our website, AbundantLife.tv or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and at Come to Life on Facebook. And remember these two things. One, that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. And two, your story matters.